National Catholic Register. This is Register Radio, bringing light and clarity to the news and topics that affect your life. On December 18th, the Vatican's Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith issued new guidance on the topic of blessings of same-sex attracted people, stating that Catholic priests can bless same-sex couples as an expression of pastoral closeness without condoning their sexual relations. The ruling has sparked sharp disagreement among bishops, theologians, and, and faithful all over the world. This week on Register Radio, we talked to a pastor, Father Jeff Kirby, and get his take on the new decree. I'm Jeanette DeMello, Executive Director of the National Catholic Register and Catholic News Agency. I'm your host here on Register Radio, joined by my co-host Matthew Bunsen, who is EWTN News' Vice President and Editorial Director. So this new declaration by the Dicastery for the Doctrine of Faith is called Fiducia Supplicans, and it's on the pastoral meaning of blessings. And joining us to talk about that today is Father Jeffrey Kirby. He is a pastor of Our Lady of Grace Parish in Indian Land, South Carolina. He's a host of a devotional podcast, Morning Offering with Father Kirby, and he holds a doctorate of sacred theology with a specialization in moral theology from the Pontifical University. University of the Holy Cross at Santa Croce in Rome, which is also where I went to school for my communications degree. Uh, Father Kirby, welcome to Register Radio. Thank you, Jeanette. It's good to be with you. Yes, I, I didn't realize we were uh, alum of the same school, so that's kind of fun yes. in Rome. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so, wonderful. Yes. Before we get started today to talk about this, uh, this doc- document's reactions, there are a myriad of reactions about it. Um, yours was a particular one uh, related to how a pastor might see this. I would like to bring Matthew on uh, to kind of give us an overview of, uh, about what this document actually says. Matthew, what's in fiducious supplicants? Yes, well, it, this is one of those documents that uh, goes to great lengths to stress uh, what it isn't as compared to what it is and what mm-hmm. is allowed as compared to what is not allowed. And I say that because <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> exactly <laughs> what, uh, what we're seeing under the prefectship of Victor Manuel Cardinal Fernandez, who is the recently appointed uh, prefect for the dicastery uh, for the doctrine of the faith. And this is a document that he also stresses in his prefatory note is issued with the approval and under the signature of Pope Francis is basically questioning uh, what has been asked uh, to the dicastery from around the world as it relates specifically to the question of blessings for those in irregular situations, and in particular those of the same-sex attraction or same-sex couples. And what he tries to do is to lay out a very lengthy explanation and a sort of reflection on various blessings. And at the end of the day, he basically creates a a, a separation between liturgical blessings or sacramental blessings and pastoral non-liturgical blessings, arguing and declaring in this uh, document that it is possible to give pastoral blessings to those in irregular situations, specifically, as is referenced in this document, to same-sex couples, so long as, and there's a very lengthy list of fine print to this, you do not in any way seem to be validating uh, the existence of this couple. It does not in any way look familiar or anything like 
uh, a sacramental liturgical blessing. It cannot be connected in any way to a situation that would uh, imply a marriage. You cannot do it, for example, uh, at a civil union. Uh, you can't have attire that would look anything like something that happens at a wedding. Mm -hmm. And the language itself, as, it, as the document stresses, has to be simple and spontaneous. Right. And it cannot have any form of a formal text. Uh, so in other words, what the, the bishops in Belgium and parts of Germany and in the Netherlands have been proposing is to have a formal right for these types of blessings for same-sex couples. That is strictly prohibited uh, in this document. Right. I, I do want to talk about uh, reactions, but I do. I also want to bring Father Kirby on. Um, Father, what is new about this? I mean, you, the, the people on this sh show, we don't we don't do blessings. You know, that's a um, that's a pastor's uh, role in many respects. There's a book of blessings that kind of guides the blessings that a pastor w would do. What do you see when you read this as as being different? Yes, I think the thing that stands out most is the blessing of the couple rather than individuals. And the fact that there's no reference to repentance or conversion or, or even the sacrament of, of reconciliation, the, the fact that a whole portion of the basic process of conversion or the gospel message just seems missing. And so the idea that a couple can approach a priest uh, supposedly in a spontaneous manner uh, wanting pastoral encouragement, and then the couple who, who are in a state of sin. And, and just to clarify, there can be a sinful act. Someone tells a lie, someone looks at pornography, the sinful act. We're talking about states of sin. So, for example, a gay couple or divorced and remarried, by extension, we can also include cohabitating couples mm -hmm. that are in a state of sin. And they're asking, and now the direction is it can be permitted to give a blessing to the couple We've always given blessings to individuals. I mean, many parishes, even it's done even within the communion rite at Mass. Someone who's not able to receive Holy Communion, the person approaches, crosses their arms, receives a blessing. And certainly outside of the Mass, so for example, you know, after Mass, as a priest is greeting people, or if someone reaches out for a pastoral appointment as an individual, and oftentimes when we get those, it's someone who's struggling to change their state of sin. So right. either they're seeking greater understanding or greater clarity, or, or they just, they're, they're, they're looking for that extra oomph of grace to, to finally take these steps. So the fact that all that is missing, and it's just, well, if this couple comes up to you, you can bless the couple. That is remarkably and sharply, sharply different than what the pastoral experience is on the ground. So I... One of the the most noteworthy, um, I guess, tweets or reactions was from Father James Martin, uh, who has has really for a long time advocated um, for quote unquote greater pastoral care um, for uh, uh, homosexuals, uh, and he tweeted as a response to this that um, uh, today uh, is different from yesterday. I can uh, bless. A homosexual couple, something that I was not able to do yesterday. And and basically what you're saying is he, he was right. <laughs> um, he, he, we are able, the priest is able now to do something he couldn't do uh, the day before, December 17th. You know, so I saw that tweet and uh, he posted a picture of him giving a blessing to what appeared to be a, a gay couple. I, I would argue that even that 
defies the directives of the Declaration. And that brings up another point, because I would say the Declaration emphasizes heavily the spontaneous nature of what's supposed to happen. Right. But that's not what Father James Martin did. And I'm going to argue that that's what's going to happen across the board. All those guidance, all those areas of guidance that Matthew summarized a bit ago, all those are going to be ignored. And, and we know that. And there'll be no accountability. And I say we know that because we can look at other areas where the Church has given or permitted aspects of concession, and what was meant as an inch became 10 miles. And, and the fact that you know, what's going to happen when a priest says, no, I'm going to wear my cassock and surplice, or my chash when I give this blessing, or no, I'm going to go to the courthouse and give the blessing after the uh, civil union ceremony or the marriage ceremony, or, you know, all these, of course, are opposed to what the declaration permits. Well, where is the enforcement, and will we see enforcement? And if there is enforcement by a particular bishop, will Rome support that bishop in the enforcement? Well, what we do know is that the document itself says that you shouldn't expect any anything further on this um, on on this issue. The document almost specifically says there'll be no further clarification, and uh, that's that's going to be very difficult because, as as we've seen, and I'm going to invite Matthew to kind of give us some of the reactions. There have been vastly different reactions um, from uh, around the United States and and around the world, Matthew. What are some of the most noteworthy reactions from uh, the Church around the world? Well, the first and most uh, significant, to my mind, is the one from uh, a host of the African dioceses and Episcopal conferences. I say that because they are completely uniform uh, in their outright opposition uh, to what has now been decreed by the dicastery. Uh, they are simply banning uh blessings of same-sex couples or those in irregular situations. And we're looking at almost a continent-wide movement here. That stands in very stark contrast uh, with the German Bishops Conference and the Austrian bishops, who not only have welcomed the document, but the Aust Austrian bishops have gone so far as to say this is now no longer an option for a priest, that they must mm -hmm. do this. And, and to Father's point, a priest who refuses uh, to give a blessing almost under any circumstances now, what's going to happen to them? Uh, will they be publicly criticized? Will they be lambasted in the media for being homophobes or uh, that they hate Pope Francis? Will they be called in by the bishop? And, and then, as Father also pointed out, will bishops who do this uh, be criticized by Rome? And again, sharp contrast to those who are extending this right to give blessings uh, as far as uh, almost any priest wants. Yes, Catholic News Agency has been doing a great job in, in trying to document all of these various reactions. I'm going to point to uh, an article of Catholic News Agency at ncregister.com. It's, bishops around the world are divided over Vatican same-sex blessing declaration. And this just gives a real sense of, of the places where um, the the there's a difference, I guess, in, in interpretation. And you do see in places like the United States, the Philippines, uh, Ukraine, Ghana, Kenya, um, that there's an acceptance, but an, a, a real caution about the implementation. And then there's places like Kazakhstan, Malawi, and, and Zambia, uh, where there's really a rejection of it. Um, and then, as you mentioned already, Matthew, um, Germany, Austria have have kind of openly embraced it and applauded it, and and we 
probably will see even a bishop in those places doing uh, blessings, uh, which again will cause a, a great amount of confusion. Yeah, and one of the interesting uh, responses too uh, uh, came from Cardinal Friedelin Ambongo, who's the the president of the Symposium of uh, Episcopal Conferences of Africa and Madagascar. So it's, it's a pretty significant representation of the the thought of the bishops in Africa. And he sent a letter to all of the bishops of Africa, and and he said something important. I think he said that the ambiguity of this document lends itself, as he put it, to numerous interpretations and manipulations, which arouses much perplexity among the faithful, but then requires as pastors of the church in Africa, he said, we bishops must express ourselves clearly on this issue in order to give clear direction to our Christians. I'm Jeanette DeMello here on Register Radio on EWTN. I'm joined by Matthew Bunsen and Father Jeff Kirby discussing the new Vatican document that seems to allow blessings of same-sex couples and others in uh, irregular situations. Uh, there's a lot of disagreement about how this can be implemented, and, and we've already seen um, the secular media just spinning this like crazy, um, particularly in the New York Times, uh, Father James Martin, uh, a story just featuring him. It sounds almost like he called up a couple friend of his, asked them over to his house in order to specifically perform this blessing in the presence of uh, the New York Times reporter, and, and uh, a few days later, there was an ad by America Magazine, uh, a print, uh, paid-for ad in the print uh, edition of of the newspaper that basically said the Catholic Church is changing, and it had a, uh, a picture of the headline of of this blessing and the the picture of Father James Martin. It's it's really crazy. Um, how much the media is is spinning this? What what else have you seen, uh, Father Kirby? Have you seen other abuses of this kind uh, that are confusing your faithful? Yeah, see, here's here's the, the point. I, I just want to uh, highlight uh, again on, on the ground uh, in the trenches. Um, this document hurts the most the Catholics who have same sex attraction who are fighting mm -hmm. to live a godly life, uh, many of them members of Courage International, which oddly has not been involved in any of the discussions on this matter, uh, and have not been engaged by the Vatican for its counsel in any way. And so the Catholics who are fighting the good fight, seeking to be good Christians, and are, are getting beaten up by the LGBTQ plus movement because they're celibate and living their Christian faith. And then this declaration comes out. And, and John, I, I wanted to stress, like, how much betrayal people feel by this. So, so first, the Catholic himself or herself who's struggling with same-sex attraction but, but seeking to live a God's advice. And secondly, the families who have sought to hold the line. I, I have families in my parish who are still licking their wounds from Thanksgiving you know, disasters where, you know, uh, their adult son wants to bring his, his gay partner to the Thanksgiving meal, and the Catholic family says, you're always welcome as our son, but you can't bring this person under in, in this relationship with you, and, and are seeking to hold the line, trying to bring their adult children back to the fullness of faith, back to repentance, to conversion, back to a relationship with the Lord Jesus. Again, still looking their wounds, wounds from, from Thanksgiving— are getting ready now for what Christmas is going to bring, because now it appears with this declaration that the Vatican says, well, 
you know, it's okay, you know, uh, wink, wink, you know, it, it's pastoral. And, and I just, you know, I hope that the Vatican and high churchmen realize the sense of betrayal and frustration and, and, and even just anger that exists now among people who are trying to do the right thing or have been trying to, you know, live the gospel life or trying to call their loved ones back to the gospel way of life. And I, I just hope that that's being recognized and understood. That's right. You you wrote in your piece at the Register, which is a pastor's view of of this uh, of this document. You wrote that this is uh, not a reflection of a healthy church. Uh, that the pastoral concessions it gives for blessings of people in same sex relationships and other irregular marriages is imprudent and not reflected of the reality on the ground. Um, and and you you go on to say how it does hurt those people who are trying to live uh, a godly life, you say, and that's a chaste life. That's what the church asks of anyone who is not in a sacramental marriage, that they live a chaste life and and that they are seeking um, to, to put the uh, God-given <laughs> uh, sexuality in uh, only in the context of a marriage. And, and so it's not only gay couples, right? It's not only people who are, uh, are experiencing same-sex attraction, but also, as you mentioned, uh, cohabitation, which is, which is very widespread today. And uh, Father Raymond D'Souza wrote in, a, in one of his columns that, you know, this, this presents the problem of, uh, you know, a young person who's living with their, uh, their partner. Uh, and, you know, uh, he, he said, hypothetically, you know, grandfa- uh, grandmother is, is probing, oh, you shouldn't be living together. And now uh, that young man can say, oh, well, look at this, grandma. <laughs> you know, yep. I, I, the, the, the Pope is allowing um, a blessing. And, and we, you know, we are... Um, we have this blessing of this priest, and and that again yeah. creates distortion. What what is the experience that you see on the ground it, within your parish, within the context of your pastoral ministry, uh, when it comes to people in irregular situations? You write that this is not healthy, um, but that there there are healthy ways to treat these pastoral irregularities. Yes, yes. Because in, in the piece I mentioned that in, in a healthy church, all the structures of the church, including Vatican dicasteries, would be in service to the church on the grassroots. Would understand that the parish is where the vast majority of Catholics hear the gospel, sacramentally encounter the Lord, and who experience the life of the church. And and, and in a healthy church, everything would kind of serve that purpose. And and again, in this declaration, we don't see that. Uh, one area that I, I see that's also related to the Declaration is those who are in divorced and remarried uh, relationships. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when we ask a Catholic to go through the annulment process, I always approach that with great pastoral sensitivity because I'm asking someone to go through some of the most difficult times in their life, a, a, a time of life that led to a divorce, and oftentimes it involves everything you can imagine, from drug addiction to domestic violence to child neglect, it's just everything. And, and we ask them to go back and to walk through that experience in the annulment process in order to help the Church to discern whether or not the sacramental bond took. Mm-hmm. And now with this declaration, it is going to be a thousand times harder to get couples to do that or the ones who are in the annulment process for them to continue because they're going to say, well, why do, why do I need 
why do I need this annulment? I can get your blessing anyway. And, and you know, already they might be doing it with some hesitation because who wants to go back to times of great suffering in their lives? So that's another whole area where this declaration is really hurting, you know, the overall cause to try to bring back people back to a full relationship with the Lord. So we talk about cohabitating couples, we talk about gay couples, and also the divorce and remarried. It just comes down to a real a loss in terms of, of pastoral encouragement to do what the Lord is asking, to live the gospel way of life, because we're saying one thing with our doctrine now, and we are showing something different in our supposed pastoral practice. Right. And that's a that's a big danger. That's something I've I'm, I'm been following for a while now um, in this pontificate, is this seeming split between doctrine and the the pastoral practice of the church doctrine and morals i would say on faith and morals and and then the pastoral practice and the pastoral practice seems to be a slippery slope um, that doesn't you know it doesn't lead high um, verso alto towards the towards heaven right it seems to slip down uh, into something base and and which is not godly and and that I think is the danger of of these kind of documents that that gives such ambiguity that the interpretation can be so vastly different around the world. Uh, Matthew, we have seen uh, already in what, it's been less than six months, <laughs> um, yes. very, um, let's see, startling things coming out of the the DDF, which is the mm-hmm. Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith, the formerly CDF, right, um, from Cardinal Victor Manuel Fernandez, the new prefect there. Uh, what does this tell us about his thinking and his priorities? Well, it's pretty clear that as the, uh, the, the ghost writer of a number of Pope Francis's documents, so I think in particular of Amorius Laetitia, which I think ties directly into this new document, uh, because it involves directly uh, the couples who are divorced and civilly remarried without uh, an annulment, uh, that they seem now more than able to present themselves for communion, uh, and here they can present themselves now for blessings, that we're seeing a pattern of allowing a number of uh, practices on the pastoral level uh, that do seem to be fundamentally disconnected, as Father was saying, as, as we've all been saying now for several days now, uh, from sound doctrine. And we can look at uh, the responsa that have come from the DDF um, in the area of uh, the, the divorced and remarried Catholics, uh, but we can also look at uh, the, the question of allowing homosexual persons to be godparents, uh, allowing trans persons to be involved in all of this. But the other thing that's striking in these decrees, and Father, I'd love your take on this, is how much of this is consistently falling on the shoulders of pastors, because mm-hmm. you're the ones who have to make this discernment now uh, about these very difficult pastoral situations, and it, it's almost impossible based on these decrees for you to say no, isn't it? Yes, very much. And, and I mean, we're still trying to, you know, get our, our, our minds wrapped around the previous decision about uh, trans godparents, um, you know, in terms of, you know, transgender people themselves seeking baptism, um, you know, okay, we're, you know, that, that, that has a process. Okay. That, that kind of fits. But then 
the, and this is one of the previous decisions from the DDF about six weeks ago or so. And, uh, and we're still trying to figure that out. How can we have a trans person as, as a godparent? Especially in many parishes, baptism is celebrated within the Sunday liturgy. So there are some parishes that still have private baptisms and so on. That, that would still be peculiar, especially in terms of sacramental identity and, and sacramental integrity. But then when you're talking about a, a Sunday Mass, where the baptism is being celebrated and you have a trans godparent. Like, what, what does that look like? How, how, how do we reconcile or understand that? And, and there are some pastors who are just saying, we're not going to do it. Um, you know, so we were trying to figure that out, and then now we have this declaration. And, and by the way, December 18th, right before Christmas, <laughs> most right. parishes, you know, we're still trying to get the Christmas trees up, and, and you know, with Gaudete Sunday over, we're trying to prepare our houses of worship for the celebration of the Lord's Nativity, and then now suddenly it's this, and it's like, well... I can't give a blessing to a couple. I, I, I can't betray my conscience. You know, that this this directly goes against everything that, as a Christian and as a priest, I believe. And and how do we process that? And, and, and to Matthew's point, that, that's the grassroots. Um, right. That's the part that's not being considered. And regrettably, we're going to find a culture of suspicion, anxiety, and perplexity when this should be an environment of faith, hope, and love. Right. And Father, I, I think... We, we need to pray for our priests, and we need to constantly be talking about the sacraments and what they truly are, because that's the grace uh, that people truly uh, need, and, and we're not inviting um, those who are in re- irregular situations into the sacraments in this document, and that needs to be very, very clear. The difference between this blessing and true sacramental grace is huge, and it, and we need as Catholics to really understand that, that there's a path of conversion that happens through invitation, through help, through clearly speaking the truth, uh, and a process of of forgiveness and conversion, right? And that's what we need to encourage as Christians and pray for our pastors and pray for those who are in in a state of confusion um, and and who uh, we hope will draw close to the Lord in conversion. Thank you for your uh, writings, uh, A Pastor's View at ncregister.com. I invite our listeners to go to NC Register for more news, analysis, and commentary. Thanks for joining us here on Register Radio on EWTN. For Matthew Bunsen and our producer Jeff Burson, I'm Jeanette DeMello, and I pray until next week, may God bless you. If you need your news on the go, read the register online. But if you want to take your time and savor the stories, then subscribe to the National Catholic Register's print edition. And with award-winning Catholic journalism that goes beyond what you'll find from any secular news service, you'll get the real story behind the events that unfold over the course of the year. Try the register for free today and get it delivered to your home, office, or parish. Join the Catholics who depend on the register for its faithful and courageous reporting. Get six issues free today online at ncregister.com forward slash radio or call 800-421-3230 and mention code radio. That's ncregister.com forward slash radio or call 800-421-3230 and mention code radio. The National Catholic Register. Read faithfully.